0: Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul.
1: Hello, guys. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. It's a countdown episode. <laughs> That's
2: right. Tonight's episode, we'll be counting down our top five favorite commercials from childhood that stood the test of time, or at least our failing memories. Uh, <laughs> This is a special edition of Advertising you'll never forget. (laughs) Right, so I think the only fair way to decide who's going to go first with their number five is we're all going to pick our favorite anthropomorphic um, mouse character. And um, you can't vote on your own, and whoever gets the most votes will go first. And then we'll go alphabetically from that person. I'm going to say Danger Mouse. I'm going to say Pinky
1: oh that was a good one <laughs> oh. but where uh, are we gonna find a tattoo shop at this hour brain <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shoot um i can't even think of one outside of that um i'm gonna go i guess the door mouse from alice in wonderland
2: i think i'm gonna have to give this one to paul
0: Woohoo! yeah yeah we'll give it
2: to paul you couldn't think of mickey or mighty or M- oh didn't.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. oh dang it
2: jerry from tom and jerry
1: there's a few of them (laughs) i was trying to remember jerry's cousin the one that talked with the really high-pitched voice and wore the diaper
2: oh yeah i I don't remember the super cute one i I can't remember yeah
1: that was the first thing that came to my mind but i couldn't remember his name so it was a mute point (laughs) all right woohoo i win time to do what we do every night
2: you get to start (laughs) off and uh i think it's nibbles i think it was his name i think you're right but anyway uh you could just start off with your number five um so hopefully adam and i have a bunch of backups in mind in case you steal ours you know as payback for the holiday episode but go ahead take take it away
1: i am going to go with the 1988 bill cosby jello commercial
0: oh god <laughs> <laughs> now that's
1: dated. too soon now too that's soon. dated for sure <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I was sitting on the couch with my eyes closed, and then I heard one of my children, and suddenly there was a nice, cool plop on my face. And he goes, see, I told you it wouldn't stay in the cup. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> and then followed up with the uh, Jell-O, was it Jello Jigglers? Yes. Yeah, it sounds yes. right. Jell-O Jigglers. Wow. So that, yeah. would be, that would be my number five.
2: Gotcha. gotcha. That's a good one. Um, I guess uh, Adam would be next, yeah, alphabetically. Uh, we'll, we'll loop back oh, from, I'm next. Okay. from Paul to Adam. Right. yeah.
0: Okay, sounds good. Uh, so my number five is the Tootsie Pop Owl commercial. So yes. if you don't if you don't remember this one, it was a commercial for the Tootsie Pop, obviously. And it featured a kid that was wandering around trying to figure out how many licks it would take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. And so he gets directions from a turtle to a <laughs> wise old owl who then takes his Tootsie Pop and does three licks and it is gone. And he says, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of that jerk owl that stole the kid's Tootsie Pop. <laughs> a one,
1: a two, a, two. a three. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs>
2: yep my favorite in the commercial was mr turtle it's like
1: mr turtle how many
2: licks does it take to get to the center well i've never made it without biting
0: ask mr
1: owl (laughs) (laughs) do you think he was in on it do you think it was a conspiracy he's just sitting out it was definitely Definitely sitting out behind the elementary school just waiting for kids to
0: come out and give him candy mr turtle totally got kickbacks (laughs) from the owl on everything (laughs) any customers he sent the owl's way he got kickbacks on
1: my other favorite part of that commercial is the ominous end where it just sort of fades to black you know Sopranos style uh, it goes how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie roll pop i guess the world will never know
0: (laughs) crunch or bang
1: one of those was Sopranos and
0: one of them was the commercial. I forget which. I think the commercial was the gunshot. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> that it, was, it was right. owl season after all. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Brian, what's your number five? Uh, so my number five was the Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. So Nickelodeon had this contest yes. where you got to go to KB Toys, which I don't think exists anymore but honestly i've never i haven't seen one in decades yeah they used to have two at the mall at one point i remember and then they had one yeah well it was like a gift wrapping station i think but they also sold toys there too it was like a it went from being a kb toys to a calendar store to a i don't know anyway we're getting way way <laughs> way super local and lore um <laughs> but yeah there was uh so the whole premise was um they would select a certain number of winners that would go through and have like basically a shopping spree in kb toys and as much stuff as they could put in their cart and i think it was like five minutes or something like that they would get to keep and it was Amazing, because the commercials were super intense, and only, like, 30 seconds long. But, like, here's Jillian from, like, Portland City, blah, blah, and she's grabbed 15 bikes and 47 stuffed animals and 32 video games for the Sega Genesis, totaling over $9,100. It's like, <laughs> 9100 really? <laughs> <laughs> but over that. Um, <laughs> interesting. Nickelodeon also had a, uh, a really good one where they would talk about throwing a party at your school. So you, it would be like a sweepstakes, and they would have a winner. And that winner, they would have a party thrown at your school with pizza and a big ball pit and stuff like that. One year, they had the spin doctors would come to your school and be the musical guest, which I always tried to figure out. After they played Two Princes and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong...
0: <laughs> what else? Well, they what play? else? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I digress. I digress. That's my number five. Uh Paul, why don't you uh start us off with the uh, the fourth round?
1: Can I get some traveling music for number four? Well played. <laughs> my number four is the new Coke campaign which was headlined by one of my favorite characters, Max Headroom.
0: Yes! Oh,
1: yeah. This was the the catch-the-wave phenomenon. (laughs) Catch-the-wave. so for, for the uninitiated Max Headroom is a computer program and it was a guy in a mask played by Matt Fury he had a show on MTV as well as a uh, sci-fi show that I think ran on uh, NBC for one season and basically he was a computer program and it was a guy in a mask and it was like fuzzed over to look like it was CGI and he would glitch where he would start to say things like catch the wave <laughs> and uh, he would uh, talk about about, uh, Cokeologists and their study of why the new Coke formula was superior to Pepsi. So, ooh. no yeah. drinking the p-word. But oh, <laughs> god! <laughs> His although, words, not mine. <laughs> although I think it was
2: proven later that it was not superior to the old Coke. So <laughs> that's true. That's very no, true. but I do
1: believe that old Coke is actually the new formula, and New Coke was just a branding phenomenon. But I could be wrong. I know there was some sort of caveat to it.
0: Wow, my yeah. brain
2: just exploded.
0: Well, and Max Headroom, uh, not to digress too much, but Max Headroom was also uh, no- notable for a, a famous event that happened out of Chicago, correct?
1: Yes, so there is what was dubbed to be the Max Headroom Incident where a group of people actually intercepted a broadcast from WGN America and then broadcast a guy wearing a Max Headroom mask. And uh, it, it's not like a notable video. They didn't like say anything profound, if I remember correctly. It's like one guy spanking another guy with a board while wearing a Max Headroom mask. Um, if you Google Max Headroom Incident, the video is on YouTube. Uh, The 30th anniversary of it came around just recently. Um, They still to this day have no idea who did it or how they were able to accomplish it. So it's kind of like, a notable event in broadcast television because as far as i know that is the only documented case of someone actually intercepting airwaves and you know doing the batman uh was batman forever with the Riddler. oh yeah yep. doing, yeah so it's like where they actually like intercepted airwaves and rebroadcasted something
0: yeah yeah i i can't think of another time where that ever happened and especially for how difficult that uh, of a task that would have been that was Definitely a pretty interesting feat in of itself. Oh, for sure.
2: <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, so, Adam, how about you for your number
0: four? My number four was the Butterfinger commercials featuring the Simpsons, and particularly Bart F- Simpson. So, I almost said Barterfinger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're calling him Barf
1: Simpson. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it yeah. Tastes so, like
0: burning <laughs>
2: <laughs> his name's barf simpson i would explain a lot <laughs>
0: barf, yeah. so the uh butterfinger commercials back then uh featuring bart were pretty standard like they featured him eating a butterfinger but usually it was like in some wacky scenario like there was one with a baseball game that he was participating in there was one where um, what were what were the two aliens that always uh, took over it was like
1: krang um, and
0: kudos Kr- Yeah, that sounds right. Kudos and Krang, they're sitting on their spaceship and you see them fidgeting with dials on a monitor and it's all fuzzy. And then all of a sudden it comes into focus and it's Bart doing a Butterfingers commercial. And if I'm not mistaken, I I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I believe that was when they first started using the the slogan for it, better not lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Yep, uh, yep. Don't yeah, have a cow, so, man. Don't have a cow, <laughs> man, yeah. So it was a huge advertising impact there. But it also was just cool because it was The Simpsons, and I loved The Simpsons at the time. So.
1: And that was like the height of their popularity, too. That's when it was oh, like oh, fresh sure. and can't-miss TV every week.
0: Yeah, like that was still probably 94, 95, maybe in a 96 that that aired. Yeah. Well, Paul, yep.
2: Paul I got to say, I'm really impressed with how cool you're taking that Adam very likely stole one of your top five. <laughs> um, you're playing it off very well. Um, <laughs> well, at this
1: point in the game, I just roll with the punches. That's right. That's right. As long as my number one remains preserved, then I will go to bed happy. That's right. Well, the
0: good news is I got an advanced copy of Paul's top five list so I can make sure to take his number one.
2: And by an advanced list, he means hacked his email. <laughs> yep. yep. So so my number four is a series of commercials as well. Not a particular commercial, but it was for Apple Jacks cereal. And the big, oh, thing yeah. about, yeah. Yeah, the big thing about Apple Jacks in the 90s, and it was so 90s, was why do you eat Apple Jacks if they don't taste like Apple? And the kids would like there would be all this suspenseful music. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't have to taste like Apple. We eat what we like and then it's like oh and then also the dad like the light bulb goes over his head like oh yeah i guess they what they like oh that makes sense <laughs> um <laughs> but there was a whole series of those commercials with different kids like a bully picking on a kid and that was the kid's answer it's like oh he showed that bully um <laughs> i don't know i always found those really entertaining and going back and watching them now with uh, 2018 eyes holy cow are they dated but I love that <laughs> that 90s attitude that we're going to take on the world. You can't tell us what to do, man. We're going to eat Apple Jacks. They don't even have to taste Heck like yeah. apple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as I've mentioned before, I'm a teacher. I teach history. And uh, recently in class, we were having a discussion about the difference between communism and uh, democracy slash capitalism and stuff like that. And so we were kind of comparing how the two sides determine what products get made and so uh, one of the things i always do is i ask them okay what cereals do you like and i heard like some kids say you know like cinnamon toast crunch or fruity pebbles so i was like yeah so you know if they like things like fruity pebbles or cinnamon toast crunch or And I said Applejacks, and right as I said Applejacks, another student yelled out Applejacks at the exact same time. It was really <laughs> freaky, because I haven't heard the name Applejacks in probably like a decade. And then all of a sudden, he yelled it out at the exact same time I was thinking it.
1: I thought you were going to say, like, in Mother Russia, we get, you know, plain Cheerios without <laughs> sugar.
0: No, no, no. In, in, in Soviet Russia, they get processed wheat flakes. <laughs> <laughs> and they love every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, Tony
2: Tiger grates you.
0: Touche, ah! <laughs> <laughs> touche. God, we're stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, so, Paul, Paul, did you come you're... up with the number three, or did that get stolen already?
1: Uh... I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> My number three will be... I got nothing. No. I'm going to go... <laughs> i fresh out of ideas. I was going to say, Butterfingers was there. I am going to go with Light Bright. Light Bright. Turn on the magical colored light. That's Just right. Just pop in the colored pegs and follow the pattern. Yeah, I was never allowed
2: to get one of those when I was a kid. My mom assumed we would just dump all the little pegs into the carpeting and then they'd get sucked in the vacuum and turn into... Projectiles that would ruin the entire living room. So I
1: mean, she
0: wasn't wrong. See, <laughs> I, mean. so I look
1: at a light bright, and I really wish I had one now because when I was a kid, I mean, you know, I made a circle smiley face, and it was one color, <laughs> and that was it. And now I'm like, man, I could just you know sit here and like I could I can afford a thousand pegs now. I can do the dragon pattern with the fire breath and oh yeah, get the accents yeah. on the outside. Well, it wasn't even
2: so much about affording the pegs as it was having the mental bandwidth to sit there as a six-year-old and actually do the damn thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, doing more than just, like, all right, here's a stick man next to a tree. All right, I'm done. <laughs> like I have <laughs> patience now. Yeah. It's like, wow, that is actually Gene Simmons' face. Like, wow, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google wait, that
1: after this. and Wait, see if I hold can on. Find Are you,
0: do you mean... Do you mean uh, the demon's face or actually Gene Simmons' face? Because either one would be impressive, but I feel like Gene Simmons' actual face would be really impressive. I'm
2: talking about the one with the makeup, so not the demon.
1: Oh! Oh, (laughs) Uh, Touche, touche. Have you ever heard any stories of any kids ever being burned by the 60-watt light bulb that's required to actually light all those pegs? Well, I remember telling you
2: that my mom wouldn't let me get a light bright, and that was your immediate assumption was that she was afraid I was going to burn the house down or something.
0: I'm assuming someone had she wasn't wrong.
1: Well, I haven't seen one in forever, and that's the only logical consumption I can come up with. Assumption. Not consumption. Yeah. Although I yeah. could see kids eating the pegs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
2: the other issue: is you'd be pooping plastic if you ate all those pegs
1: for months. Bur- <laughs> tripping on chemicals into your thirties.
0: <laughs> Brian was wondering why the sprinkles on his ice cream sundae tasted so <laughs> plasticky and fake. <laughs> oh man! So number three for me. That's right. number three. It is. Yes, sir. All right, because it's about to get real up in here. Uh, my number three was a McDonald's ad that ran in the mid-90s, probably around 94, 95, that featured Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan in a trick shot competition, a basketball trick shot competition. Who? Yeah, yeah, no, nobody's ever heard of this Michael who Jordan Who are these people? Guy. Larry what? <laughs> <laughs> Michael yeah. who? So, sorry, they were like the LeBron James and, uh, oh gosh, Steph Curry of their time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dating myself here. So, uh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, they're in a gym, and I believe they make a bet like whoever gets, uh, uh, wins this trick shot competition. will like get McDonald's or something like that. And so, or maybe it was pay for it or something like that. So it starts off innocuously enough, you know, like just some basic trick shots, like a bank shot or whatever. And then as the commercial progresses, it gets more and more just insane to where, you know, all of a sudden they're bouncing it off the wall behind the basket. It's going up over the basket and in. The next one, they're in the rafters of the gym. I said, isn't there one they and,
2: like throw from the stands too and it goes in?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. They throw from the stands, they throw from the rafters. Then they throw one from outside through the like off the window which is tilted like horizontally, and they bounce it off the window and it goes in. And then one of them, I think, is on top of like the Sears Tower or something like that at the end of the commercial. But yeah, I mean, that was right in the middle of the height of Michael Jordan's popularity. Larry Bird was an absolute legend at that time. And both of them had a pretty good sense of humor. So the, the actual commercial ended up being pretty funny just outside of the like totally mind-blowing trick shots that they're making is this pre-toon
1: squad or post-toon squad this would have been
2: i think it oh, was gosh. just before what? i think it was just before. i think it was i think it would have been around the time of the of the dream team so that would have been what 96 right? yeah or is that or that's was it 90- a, yeah
0: that yeah, sounds yeah, right. so, well there 92. was 92 and 96 it, so i think it would have been probably closer to the 96 dream team yeah
1: when did Space Jam come out? I can I'm drawing a blank. Was, was it, it 96? 94? I didn't think it Space was that Space Jam long did ago. come
0: out in 96.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah, Space Jam was did, out in
2: 96. So Cuz it was
1: right wasn't it when Michael retired and started playing baseball that Space Jam came out? Yeah, yep. So that would have been after that would have been 96, right?
0: Oh. uh Yeah. Oh gosh. I would yeah, I would have to look, but that sounds right. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, that, yeah. that's definitely okay. when
2: the movie came out. I'm not sure about when the commercial came out, though.
0: Yeah. yeah so it must
1: have been pre that.
0: Yep. Yeah, the yeah, movie did come right.
1: out in 96.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it was probably pre Space Jam then. The height of Bill Murray's acting career. <laughs> that was yeah. painful to say.
1: I really expected you guys to roast me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know who I'm going to call. So <laughs>
2: so uh, speaking of which, my number three is the 1010220 and the 1010321 commercials. Oh,
1: yeah. Speaking of who we're going to call. And there
0: goes my number one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man, so, I'm kind of bummed I haven't taken one yet. <laughs> so, the
2: premise of these commercials was is, was a cheap, affordable way to make, I don't remember if it was long-distance calls or if it was collect calls, but it was... I think it was collect. It might be, because I know they also had 1-800-COLLECT and 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. Um, yep. yep. So, they had all those different commercials, and they always had like the biggest actors like as as their spokespeople. So, like... John Lithgow, French Stewart, oh, yeah. Christopher Lloyd—they had all these really <laughs> big names. Uh, Paul, I love Paul the Rising. fact
0: that you just called French Stewart a big name. Wow! In the in the
2: mid nineties, he was he was pretty uh, pretty popular. So. Wait,
1: out a baby; it's a boy. Wrong numbers. Who's that? It's Bob. He had a baby. <laughs> a baby. It's, it's a boy. A boy. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> but the, the uh, whole
2: premise of the commercial and the whole premise of our podcast, I think, blend together very well because it's something that just doesn't even exist anymore. Most people don't <laughs> have most people don't have landlines. Uh, most cell phone plans. I mean, you can call anywhere in the United States, and it's still not any more expensive than calling across the street. Yeah. That was not always the case. You know, even calling the next county over sometimes would be considered a long distance phone call um, and it would cost a lot more money.
1: I feel like that would be one of the harder things to explain to the younger generation that we used to have to pay by the minute to make a phone
0: call. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sure. hard
1: enough to get kids now to actually answer the phone or talk to anybody. Everybody just texts. <laughs> but the concept that not only did we make phone calls, but we paid, you know, more than 10 cents a minute for them. I was going
2: to say, I don't even have a phone. I just have a pocket Facebook device, you know? That's exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah I uh, I actually, for uh, the first couple of years of teaching, I used to make a joke if a student would leave their phone in my classroom... When I would give it back to them, like, of course, they'd show up like a few minutes later or the next period or whatever. When they'd show up to pick it up, I would say, Hey, here you go. Here, uh, you can have it back. Um, I hope you don't mind, but I made some long distance calls on it. And it never even occurred to me that long distance calls are no longer a thing. <laughs> so they were like completely baffled by what I meant by that.
1: You have to like call South Africa now for it to be considered long distance. <laughs> I actually called Antarctica.
0: Nobody answered, though, so it was a really long call.
1: Was it to ask them which way the water spins in their toilets? (laughs) It doesn't. It's frozen. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) It's just a porcelain bowl full of yellow snow. (laughs) Is your refrigerator running? We don't have a refrigerator.
2: (laughs) So uh, we've made probably enough potty jokes for a few moments, but I think we do need to take a a quick break.
1: We'll come back after these brief messages? (laughs) Yeah. Yes,
2: that sounds great.
0: After this brief interlude...
1: sports fans of all ages we are in the seventh inning stretch before we start the following round what are some commercials that you absolutely hated
2: oh i think that one we just went through was pretty terrible um (laughs) 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 Um, but um i think the only commercial from my childhood that i still remember and still hate and i think it was just because i was a kid and wanted to watch more commercials about you know sugary cereal and action figures and stuff were those Sally Struthers get your degree commercials. I can't remember what the school was called now.
1: That was like the mail order correspondence course thing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So you could like do anything. You could be like a... A, a private
1: know, investigator. Right,
2: private investor. You could be a, a tax assistant you could be a dog washer you could be an astrophysicist i mean there was a million things that you could do <laughs> and apparently you would just pay some money and they'd send you a degree and i don't know i guess they would send you the books at home and you'd have to mail in your test
1: results i don't know how that
2: worked i, I just know. remember it interrupted like that's how you knew that like it was probably saturday
1: morning cartoons were done
2: yeah it was probably <laughs> time to like go play outside yeah exactly <laughs> what about you yeah. paul
1: so I don't know if I hated it so much as because I look back on it fondly now, but you remember the Quaker Oatmeal Wilford Brimley commercial? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, uh, if you're in need of a lower cholesterol breakfast diet, because you got the diabetes. Oatmeal is for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, you know, diabetes. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: He did not have diabetes. He had diabetes. Get diabetes. it right. Diabetes. <laughs> But the, the,
1: I guess the, the reason I hate it is because that signified the end of Saturday morning cartoons. That meant that Bonanza and the Rifleman and Gunsmoke reruns were inbound, and you might as well just go outside and play. Didn't <laughs> matter if it was 20 degrees outside, but your morning was shot.
2: Yep, yep. and then Flipper and Lassie and uh, Little House on the Prairie. Yep, yep. <laughs>
1: For shame, Little House on the Prairie is amazing.
2: (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) They
1: actually blew up the town at the last episode. (laughs) Spoiler alert, folks. Spoiler alert. Uh (laughs) God, I was just about
0: to watch that final episode, too, Paul. Well, the
1: railroad company won, so they blew up the town.
0: (laughs) I'm not kidding. That's the
1: actual ending. (laughs) This sounds a little
0: bit too much like Blazing Saddles. (laughs) it's literally you know, every I'd
2: game bet. of monopoly i've ever played too <laughs> <laughs> whoever owns the railroads owns everything
1: in blazing saddles the townspeople won
0: that's or they true. burst
1: into song i'm not that, sure that, which is the appropriate ending
0: that's but true but they did also they blew up the town at one point be it the fake town but they still blew up the town but all right adam I what think,
1: commercial did you hate you know, there's I'm putting actually you on the spot this time.
0: <laughs> th- there is no commercial I can think of from that time period that I hated. He
2: is an equal opportunity commercial watcher.
0: That That is true. However, there is like some na- there is one in particular now that I really hate, but that's about it. So what you're saying
1: is, is QVC is geared toward you? pretty much yeah
0: yeah and you just have
1: diamond rings and tiny giant ladders as far as the eye can see yes
0: especially the tiny giant ladders that that is the best commercial of all time especially when the guy like what do you do like fall off the ladder while he was do you guys remember that
1: Oh, yes, it's the greatest blooper in live television history where he clearly does not follow the instructions. He goes, look how easy it is. Even an idiot could do it. He doesn't put the safety guards on, and the ladder just collapses. Oh, my what? god! His co-hosts just keep going.
0: <laughs> well, and he was, like, on a fake stairwell, and it was, like, one of those where there was, like, two steps, a landing, and then the steps going at a 90-degree angle up the next direction. And he is on the landing with this ladder, uh, showing how easy it is to like clean the window or something that's on it, and he falls off <laughs> right, right on live television.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of live television, in live life, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I was in New Orleans and we were walking. You were? A- yeah. I hadn't heard this- anything about this. Yeah. Well, there was this guy on this ladder, and he was fixing the underside of this awning you know we were walking on that part of the sidewalk and i motioned to my wife like we should probably cross the street and so we walk around you know so we don't go and bother him and literally his ladder slips out from him as we are passing by him (laughs) off the sidewalk and he fell and like hit his truck and then hit the pavement right (laughs) next to his truck and i was like jesus man are you all right he's like yeah i'm all right he's like now i get hurt he's like
0: yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this, uh, uh, conc- away, tourist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this concrete felt like an inflatable bed. It just- I
2: mean, he had at least been 12, 13 feet up in the air and fell straight <laughs> onto the pavement. Oh, uh, God. It was brutal.
1: Bri- I bet Brian that made that a, a really up. awkward, like, smack noise.
2: Oh, it was so bad. Well, like I said, like, in his arm hit his, like, truck... While he was coming down, oh gosh, oh gosh, but he got up and just brushed himself off,
0: and as far Brian- as I know, he wasn't broken. But Brian went and laughed directly in his face, called him a nerd. <laughs> hey, dweeb, wait, <where> Paul.
1: <laughs> no, see None of that would have happened if he'd had a tiny giant.
0: That's, That's true. Right. <laughs> he must have forgotten to put the safety guards on. That's right. That's right. So, Paul, you want to start us off with, uh, with our
2: second, I don't want to say number two, but our number two. No. Number
1: two? Don't <laughs> mind if I do.
2: <laughs> do <Do-do>, do, that is. <sighs> All right, I'm done. It's, it's your duty uh, to do number two. Oh, I see oh. what it did there. <laughs>
1: is it me? Is it you? Guess who? Whoa, yes. that's a good one. Game cards not actually included. Or so, <laughs> no, sorry. Game cards were included. The game cards do not actually talk. Oh. That's
2: right, that's right. <laughs> that would have been I quite I the game. I swear that
1: commercial has been unchanged for like 20 years. When I see it advertised on kids' shows today, it's like they've updated. Wow. It's different actors, but the dialogue is exactly the same. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I think the only other commercial that's had that type of longevity is the Cadbury Bunny commercial, where like the lion and all these different animals are trying out to be the Cadbury Bunny.
1: And, well, there goes and, my other number one.
0: And for, <laughs> and for some reason, me. the you have the... Shipping uh, away at Paul's list. <laughs> for some reason, you have the uh, bunny that's got the little rabbit ears on there going, pok, 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 pok. <laughs> I've never understood that. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But yeah, uh, guess who was always my favorite like mystery game like that? Even more than Clue, I I liked Clue, but Guess Who was much more fun.
1: It was definitely much more inclusive if you had little kids, and you could still be competitive with it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Clue, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but I did just see that they're remaking. The Clue movie, which is an absolute classic, and I'm sure it'll come up in our show at some point, uh, but Ryan Reynolds is going to take over the part of Tim Curry as Wadsworth Whoa. the butler. That could be good. I'm looking forward to it a lot, actually. I hope dressed? they have
1: Tim Curry in it. So will that, he be dressed
0: as Deadpool? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Tim Curry lately? He had, a stroke. Yes. he had a stroke a few years ago and isn't looking so great, so I don't know if he's doing much acting these days.
1: He was The last thing I saw him in was the uh, TV live version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the updated one. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was the narrator.
0: Oh, and, nice. And uh, he
1: was looking pretty rough, but, I mean, he's still got it. He's still Tim Curry.
0: Yeah, oh, of course, of course. Hmm. Well, hopefully they include him because he is a legend. So... So Back to number two. Back to, yeah, he's at number two. <laughs> all right, so my number two is for uh, probably one of the most epic TV commercials of all time in that it's like the post-apocalyptic battle between two children for the game.
2: Crossfire! Oh. <laughs> I figured that's where you were going. That, yeah. oh, what a great commercial. And so, I still don't know to this day... Who that guy is that's singing that song but I don't his know his voice is unbelievable like Joey Belladonna height of anthrax crossfire like it's just so good <laughs> like it just blows my mind and, and he gets no credit
0: nope nope but uh the I mean besides the music which is very Iron Maiden-esque and Judas Priest-esque you have this like great you know, it starts out with all these people in kind of this post-apocalyptic inner city area, whatever, and these two kids come in, and they're like the combatants, and they start, like, shooting all this crazy stuff at each other, and then it goes out, and it's like, oh, really, it's just little BBs that the game is flicking <laughs> around a cardboard battlefield. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: for yeah a, you're basically just shooting BBs back and forth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. For, for people who have never seen Crossfire, it came out like in the 60s or the 70s or something like that. Yeah. And it's essentially a mix of air hockey and hungry, hungry hippos where yep. there's two different shaped pucks and a bunch of BBs and you just shoot the BBs at the pucks and you try and make the one go into your opponent's goal without the other going into your goal. But in the 90s, they recreated this commercial with these like... Denim-clad, cut-off-fingered, glove-wearing kids playing this game with some crazy Judas Priest-esque vocals and crazy tribal drums in the background too. I, yeah. I, I gotta say, yeah. the, the mix of the music is—it's so crazy, it's so over the top. '90s, um, and, and they the had whole- those
1: fancy new inline skates, and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
2: And that was the thing. It's like the, the game was very much just like a whatever kind of board game and then all of a sudden it became like every boy in america had to own that game yeah it
0: was just oh yeah. so badass because if um, you look at the I, i'm looking up pictures of it right now and if you look at the original version it was actually pretty bland like it was a pretty it did not look much like the game that eventually came out and then they updated it to this very like It it looks very, like, um, Tron-esque in the...
2: That's a great way to describe it, yeah.
0: Yeah, it it has that kind of look to it, and it's just, like, all of this updated look to it, and it's got the blasters on each end, and it's got this great board, and the little uh, there was, like, the triangle and the star things that would spin the balls and stuff, but then the old version is just, like, super bland, and it's just, like, this kind of beige board and then, like, two metal rods that go across and then two little, like, orange things to shoot the BBs. One of my favorite parts of the commercial,
1: too, is it's, like, the the initial part is an announcer that sounds like he's had way too much caffeine, and he's like, sometime in the future, the ultimate challenge, and then it busts into that iconic song. <laughs> yeah, yep.
0: I was yeah, almost half expected uh, The Highlander to come out, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying It has like feelings of
2: the Highlander, Blade Runner, Tron. There's something about that void dimension that was so popular in the late 80s, early 90s that we yeah. really could use more of. We need more void dimensions. I um, <laughs> agree. Changed and I org. prefer them Bring to be back. set in
1: 1998. Yeah, it exactly. seemed like that was always the year that dictated the future. Was, yeah. like, <laughs> everything happened in 1998. Which,
0: uh, just to make you guys feel old... If that was the future, that means that the future was 20 years ago. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I know, right?
2: So my number two is a specific (laughs) commercial, and it is from the Popsicle brand of Popsicles. And there was a really iconic commercial where this kid was eating a rainbow-colored Popsicle, and every time he would lick it, his hair would turn the different colors. It'd be like bright blue and then red and then orange. And he was getting freaked out and he's talking to his dog. He's like, it's the colors, Duke. It's the colors. And the dog just <laughs> stares at him. He's like, uh, I'm colorblind, kid. <laughs> and then it goes back to the kid. Everything's in black and white. He's like, oh.
1: <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah.
2: That's uh. all I have to say about that commercial. But it- all right, I guess I do have one other thing is that I love that that ending so much that i will still whenever it's possible insert that into regular conversation <laughs> and about 99 and 100 people have no idea what the hell i'm talking about uh, <laughs> but then that one person you meet you know that they're like they're really messed up like i am.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you know what i just
1: I, go ahead Paul. go ahead I was just going to say, I had completely forgotten about the commercial until you said that line, and then it just, boom, came right back, and Uh I can remember it specifically. (laughs) It's the colors, Duke! The colors!
0: (laughs) You you know what that reminded me of, though, uh, when you were talking about that? Kind of the same thing, I had completely forgotten about this until Brian said it. And that was. Do you guys remember those really creepy Gushers commercials that were similar to this, (laughs) where every time he popped a new color, his head would turn into the shape of the fruit? Oh yeah. Oh, that was so creepy. (laughs) Like all of a sudden his head. Did find a
1: commercial you hate?
0: (laughs) I didn't really hate it. It just freaked me out a little bit. Like the dude's head turned into a grape for God's sakes, and then an orange, (laughs) and then uh, you know strawberry or whatever it was. It was freaky
1: gushing with flavor
0: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> all right paul are you ready to share your number one before one of us steals it
1: well i am struggling because after my number one has been stolen twice this round crossfire was going to be my number one Woohoo!
2: wow so, so there was crossfire I finally and stole 10 10, 10 20 and what was the other one that got stolen i don't remember
1: well butterfingers wasn't oh, gonna Butterfinger. be my number one what, but that it was on my there. list yeah got you. so I have to go with Bop It, purely because yes. it gets stuck in my head. And I'm referring to the, specifically the 1998 version, where it was the twist it, pull bop it, bop, it, it, bop it. it, pass it. And then there's that awkward voice that comes up and goes, that looks easy, but it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a great, like, five minutes of playtime right there. <laughs> and then It was like, okay, this... <laughs> I've never
1: actually played a bop it, but whenever I, like, you know, see the commercial, that's the first thing that comes to my head is, like, twist it, pull it, bop it, pass it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, then they had, like, skip it, and then there was—now they have, like, more crazy versions of bop it. Uh, So, like, the original one was, like, a rod, and then there was a thing to hit, a thing to twist, and a thing to pull— and then they had like ones that looked kind of like a race car wheel, uh, like the steering wheel and stuff like that. They, they got some hmm. pretty intricate ones after a while. You
1: mentioned Skip It. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. The very
2: best thing of all is there was a counter on that ball. There was. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: I just think of like... I. I remember um, watching some kids play with one on the playground, and I remember some kid took off to run, and some (laughs) girls were doing skip it, and he took it right to the shin, (laughs) like right on the spin, full force to the shin, and it was like obviously there are other scenarios that could have been worse, but that right there was you know pretty life shattering.
0: (laughs) More more like shin shattering when I picture it. Oh, man. Adam, you want to do your number one? My number one is a Nike commercial from the mid-90s. The (laughs) tagline was, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this was a great, uh, I mean, this is right during the height of Sammy Sosa versus McGuire and Barry Bonds and all of these, admittedly, steroid-fueled home run hitters. And so the commercial was you had future Hall of Famer Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. Uh, both of who pitched for the Atlanta Braves at the time. And they are out like warming up before a game. And then there's also batting practice going on and these cute girls Mm -hmm. come by and they're trying to flirt with the girls and they just kind of walk away because they're not interested in the uh, pitchers because they can't hit the long ball. They look over and the girls are watching these guys hit at the batting cage prior to the game starting. And so They go into this, like, Rocky-inspired training montage where they are now (laughs) learning how to hit a home run. So they have, like... You know home runs for dummies Or hitting for dummies And then they're like doing these exercises together Like there's the part where they're standing With their backs together and they have a medicine ball And they're like passing it to each other And stuff like that And then at the end they're up hitting And they're hitting home runs And the girls come by and they start flirting with uh, Greg and Tom And they uh, give each other like a forearm bump And they say Chicks dig the long ball And then it cuts to the Nike logo (laughs) (laughs) It's still one of my all-time favorite commercials. It's absolutely amazing. So uh, my
2: number one is... um, It was a 7-Up ad. And to try and get people to take ownership of their love of 7-Up, they wanted to have people... Make seven up there. And so uh, Orlando Jones was part of this commercial. He's been in a whole bunch of different things like Drumline, Evolution, The Replacements. And he was wearing a T-shirt. He was walking around some city. And the front of the shirt says, Make seven and then the back of it says up yours (laughs) because he wanted to make seven up yours right and so everyone's like excited to see him giving him high fives they turn around to like give him one last like holler and they see the up yours on the back of his
1: shirt (laughs) hey screw you buddy completely forgotten about
2: this oh Oh, yeah i mean it was huge at the time so i mean we're talking maybe like 2002 i would think is probably when that commercial came out and uh Every Hot Topic, every Spencer's Gifts, Gadzooks, PacSun, places that probably still exist that I haven't been into in at least 10 years. Um, and it would be creepy if you did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Looking for my billabong shirt. What's Villa that old guy doing in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking for some seashell necklaces, man. Uh. <laughs> Do you carry
1: argyle socks? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. But it was a huge ad, almost as big as the uh, Yokiro Taco Bell dog.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: I completely forgot about yeah. that yeah. About the same time as well.
0: Um, Fun fact. Did you guys know that uh, the Yokiro Taco Bell Dog was uh, Carlos al uh, I think it's Al-Zakiri, who was on Reno 911. He was, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now, but he was uh, one of the main police officers in that show. Oh, interesting. Had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Hmm. Learn something new today, guys.
1: It was late one night and I was in a fog. I ran over the Taco (laughs) Bell.
2: (laughs) Please, no. Please, no. Oh, gosh.
1: His last words were Yakiro Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) I killed that Chihuahua. To hell, I will go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The other thing that reminds me of is, you remember that, uh, and I don't know why the the drink commercials are just starting to flood back to me now, but you remember the uh, Pepsi commercial for the Pepsi points where you could send oh, yeah, in the cans? Yeah. And yeah. then they had that one where it was like for 50 million points, you could get a Harrier jet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think that actually went to the Supreme Court because I think somehow, like just to put it in perspective, I think like you could get like a Pepsi baseball cap for like 200 points and like a backpack for a thousand points. So to have 50 million points was something that you were like never, ever, ever, ever going to obtain. And somehow (laughs) someone did and they wanted their like military grade vertical takeoff jet. Um, (laughs) And of course,
1: I mean, if you're going to park it in your backyard, a vertical takeoff is important.
2: Right, right. (laughs) You got to get over that fence (laughs) somehow. So, I think it's a
1: safe assumption that whoever that person was that acquired that is probably now a requirement that they eat Quaker
0: oatmeal. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Because that's a lot of sugar. (laughs) Well, I I actually just looked it up, and it turns out that he didn't actually collect 7 million Pepsi points. It was 7 million that he had to get to get the Uh Harrier jet. And uh, it wasn't through the actual purchase of Pepsi products. But instead, he sent a certified check for $700,008.50, which was permitted by the contest rules. So he he didn't purchase that. He just sent in the equivalent of how much Pepsi he would have to buy to actually get that Harrier jet. And they... That went. That then went to the Supreme Court because that they, makes way you know, more sense. Because them- I
2: can't imagine literally going to every store in town and literally buying their entire stock of Pepsi. <laughs> oh, there is no way. Still and still not having enough. Um, yeah.
1: How many paper routes did this kid
2: have? <laughs> oh, I think this is, a, this is a grown person.
0: Like, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I mean, if it went to the Supreme Court, he had to be at least eighteen years old. Hmm. so i don't know enough about it if you
2: ever get a chance to speak with my brother about it though i think he wrote a paper on it so he's a really a pretty pretty knowledgeable source on on, on pretty much all these type of supreme court pop culture tie-ins it's, so it's
0: leonard versus pepsico if anybody wants to go to oea.org uh, and check it out <laughs> that's right i know the website that has all the supreme court cases on it because i used <laughs> to have to take constitutional history courses in college Well, on that downer, that's our show, folks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, undergrad again.
0: (laughs) Why am I giving a presentation in my pajamas? Oh, goodness. That just made my feelings hurt. (laughs) Anyway, if you guys like what you heard uh, tonight... On our countdown, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show, and you can check out the Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions through datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. We've We've got got mail.
1: mail. Oh, in harmony. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) You can also find us on Google Music, TuneIn Radio, and wherever podcasts are downloaded.
2: Uh, Check out our additional content on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us there at datingourselvespodcast. And we do the Twitter thing, too, at datedpodcast. And someone told me that we have a MySpace now, but I think they may be pranking me.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Well, hey, if that's true, guys, then you need to hurry up and friend us on there because then you can be in our top eight, and that's a gold spot right there. Yeah, that. The
2: top eight is filling quickly. So yep. uh, get on yep. that.
1: Look forward to our song release, MySpace exclusive.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been
0: dating. See you guys.
1: Ciao. Bye.